0: Mindfulness Mode 157.
1: Become self-aware of whenever you're not mindful. If you're talking to somebody and you forget their name before they're even done saying their sentence
0: reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Langford. Without hesitation, Mindful Tribe, I'm just going to cut right to the interview today. I think you'll enjoy it. I loved talking to this gentleman. So here it is. Enjoy. And thanks again for tuning into Mindfulness Mode. Okay, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. I am really pleased to have Matt Pete on the line today. Hey, Matt, are you in mindfulness mode?
1: Bruce, I am 100% in this moment and mindful with you.
0: Absolutely excellent. Matt Pete is a videographer and he founded the company Repeat Productions, playing off his last name. An impressive service Matt offers for weddings or conferences is called Same Day Edits, where he has a finished video ready to show his guests or attendees at the event on the same day after shooting the footage. Matt also has a podcast called Finding Creative Success, where he interviews successful creatives to discover their secrets. So Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. I'm excited to be on the show today. That's great. Thanks for being with us. Matt, we're talking about mindfulness. So as a person who, you know, you're all about the visual, you're all about the images and video. Tell us what mindfulness means to you.
1: Well, for me, and like you mentioned, doing the same day edits, it's about being completely in that moment and aware of everything that's going on, not just around me, but that's going on in that day. So I have to know everything that's going to happen, everything that's happening and what I'm going to need to do next to accomplish my goal. But along with that, being mindful, I also have to remember to be thoughtful in that moment because I've hit points where I'm in the moment, but I'm not as thoughtful as I should be.
0: Right. So when you're filming that wedding or you're filming that event, I guess you just really have to be like zeroed totally into exactly what's going on, but you have to be aware also of what's coming up. How do you keep that balance? You know, you got to know what you've just shot, what's coming up. You got to retain it all in memory to do your edits. How do you keep that balance?
1: It's tough. It comes with a lot of preparation beforehand, you know, getting a proper timeline for, you know, if it's a wedding, a lot of wedding planners, they'll give you a timeline of the day. So, I always screenshot the timeline and I have it on my lock screen on my phone. So if I need to know what's happening next, I just pull up that phone and hit the lock button and I can see. But like you said, along with that comes with all the shooting, knowing what you've shot, what you have to shoot. I think it's just practicing it over time kind of hones in that skill of knowing what you're doing. And while you're doing it, being thinking, thinking about what's coming next.
0: Right. So what are your most effective ways to create mood using video?
1: For me, a lot of it actually has to do with the music. I I love sitting down and just using one of the sites. I have to get my music licensed in order to use it. So using a site like Song Freedom or The Music Bed, I'll sit down and just open up a playlist in there and listening to the music kind of gives me ideas of how I want the visuals to look so I know what shots I need. And, you know, I'll visualize the day that I'll be shooting, whether it's a conference like um, podcast movement that we just shot recently, you know, I'll visualize which speakers I want to put in what shots and using that music as the launching point for the video.
0: Right. Well, I probably saw you at podcast movement and I didn't even realize it. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) That's cool. I'll have to connect next year for sure when, when we go to California. So yeah, that is really something to kind of get that music and then lay over the video that works for the music and, and putting it all together. It's quite a skill that you have. So, so going back, I'm wondering in repeat productions, tell us what your most frustrating moment ever was in your company.
1: Oh, the most frustrating moment in my company
0: And I was thinking, you know, I was thinking about your most frustrating moment and how mindfulness would have carried you through it, or maybe it did.
1: For me, it's honestly, it happened recently, I guess maybe because it's fresh in my mind as to why it's the biggest struggle. Um, But we were shooting a a wedding, you know, this past wedding season. Right. And my second shooter was at the the ceremony with me. And she said that she was going to take the gear and go back to the car because, she had to make a phone call real quick. So I was just going to stay there and get a couple shots at the end of, you know, after the mm-hmm. ceremony to put in the highlight, the shots that I know I needed. I was like, fine, here are the keys, go to the cards. You know, I parked, she rode with a photographer down there. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know, go down this road, the parking garage is on the left, it's on the third floor. And I, my directions, I guess, because I wasn't in that moment enough, like I should have been, I should have pulled up my phone and, you know, showed it to her where to go. And I didn't, I just kind of, told her and then went back to shooting and she got lost getting to the car. Uh And so we left the ceremony where the ceremony was. And, you know, the couple got on the bus that they had rented and the whole bridal party left. The photographer was on their way to the reception hall for the photo session right before the reception. And I went to my car and I got there and there was no gear there. My second shooter wasn't there and I was just kind of freaking out. So I called my second shooter and they didn't answer and about five minutes went by and I kept calling and eventually they answered and they're like, hey, I don't know where I am. You know, I, I went down the road and I never saw the parking garage and we lost about 15 minutes of our day Ooh. in that moment. But for me, it we didn't miss anything. Long mm-hmm. story short, we were able to get everything. We didn't really miss that much of the photo session because the couple didn't want to take the pictures right then. They wanted to wait till after the dinner. But I wasn't in that moment enough when my second shooter was going to the car, I should have thought more like, hey, she didn't ride over here with me. She doesn't know where I parked. I need to make sure. And she had my only key that I brought with me. So I couldn't get in the car and go pick her up. I had to oh. wait for her to get to the car.
0: Right. So
1: it was, it was a struggle for me having to, in the middle of this busy, hectic wedding day where every minute counts to get to my car and have to sit there and wait for her to find out where she was and how to get back to me.
0: Yeah, you know, there was nothing painful.
1: I, oh, it was. And there was nothing I could do. I couldn't, couldn't take my car. I had a ton of gear myself, so I can't just go running around downtown Charleston, you know, with a hundred pounds of gear on my back. So it was just stressful. And it's one of those moments where you just have to breathe in and out and count to 10 and just realize that it's going to be okay. And the video is going to come together one way or another.
0: Right. And I'm sure it did.
1: Oh, it did. It did. It looks great.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So storytelling is a big part of your video work. How do you see story and how do you use story to move the emotions of your viewer?
1: We like to, whenever we capture a day, like I said, whether it's a conference or a wedding, we capture it and we show the video in chronological order. So I've had a lot of people tell me that our videos make them feel like they were there. And it's because it's not jumping around. It doesn't start off with you know the vows being said at the church and then jump to the bride getting ready and that style does work for some people but it's just not how we chose to do things you know we start off with the bride getting her hair and makeup done or if you know if it's a conference or a styled photo shoot we'll start off with them setting it up and the edit as you go through it is the real timeline of the event you know so it ends with the reception and you know, a conference video, it'll end on the last day of the conference. It's not jumping around. So for me, having that chronological order, I feel like subconsciously gets into the brain of the viewer and it kind of puts them in that moment where they feel like they're actually going through it because they're seeing everything in order.
0: Right. That makes sense. And it probably makes it easier to do the editing as well.
1: It does. Cause for me, editing everything in chronological order, it's logical, you know, instead of thinking, what could I put here? It's this happened next, so it's going to go next in the video.
0: Sure, sure. Well, Matt, being an entrepreneur means being in sales. So I'm wondering, how do you mindfully sell yourself in the most effective way so you end up with a new client?
1: Sales, I love you asked this question because right now sales is what I'm focusing on in my business because it is by and far my weakest point. Um, for the longest time, I went to school to be a graphic designer, and while I was in school studying that, I did an internship with a videographer here in Charleston. Mm -hmm. So I know the tech side. I know everything from Photoshop to building my website to editing video to shooting. I know how to do all of that. But while I was in college, my thought process was if I know how to do all of this and make something amazing, then people will just throw money at me to do stuff. Right. And I learned that without relationships and without knowing how to sell, that makes it exponentially harder to get those jobs. So I've been doing a lot of building on myself, on my personality lately, as opposed to investing in new gear and that kind of stuff, because the gear will come, but having those relationships built, I think more sales come in through having relationships than knowing how to use gear correctly.
0: Yeah, I think you're probably right. Relationships and and confidence and just knowing how to put it out there, what you've been doing and the high quality. I looked at a video on your website and it was just amazing. It was absolutely beautiful. You, you had said, well, I'm not going to clutter my website with too many videos. I think you said something like that. And I'm, and I'm kind of thinking to myself, no, Matt, like show me more, show me more of what you're you're doing. So maybe <laughs> that's part of it. Do you think?
1: Well, that was on the, uh, the finding creative success website. And that's right. for the, the podcast. So I created the Finding Creative Success podcast to fill a need that I have in my own business, which is a lot of running the business side of it, like we're talking now with sales. And I wanted to reach out to those photographers and those videographers who are making four and five hundred thousand dollars a year, and see what they're doing with their business that's really driving that success. So, for I, that's on my about page, I have one of my highlights, and for me, the Finding Creative Success. I don't want to use it as a platform so much to promote my other business, repeat productions. Of course. So I wanted to show people what I do without just being like, Hey, look at me. I know how to do everything because that's not the basis of the podcast. And that may change going forward. If I realize that I connect better with people, if I have more of my videos on there, then I'll throw some more videos on there because my goal right now is to help as many of those kind of people as possible.
0: Sure. That makes total sense. You know, I was just thinking, you know, people who are in the midst of a wedding, any events like that, there can always be a lot of challenging personalities to deal with and the tension of the moment. How do you deal with some of these challenging personalities when, when you really, what you're concerned with is creating a great product?
1: Honestly, for me, I'm, I'm going through one of those right now and it's, it's probably my fault. You know, if, if that client, out there is listening somehow know that i don't dislike you it's my own fault i didn't vet them properly when i brought them on and they signed a contract for their wedding day for me to show up and shoot a their ceremony video from beginning to end we come in we shoot their ceremony with up to four cameras no less than four cameras that way mm-hmm. their photographers don't have to worry about getting in our shots and we don't have to worry about being anybody's way we can work around everything sure and yeah always have that different angle So they hired us to come and shoot their ceremony and shoot their reception formalities. And that was it. Six hours of coverage. We show up, put the cameras on tripods, get the audio recorders going, sync everything up and deliver those videos. Well, after we delivered all the videos, they came up to me and they're like, hey, where's our highlight? And even their wedding planner, whenever she sent me the email, she's like, you know, this is the contract you signed. You didn't sign for a highlight. And I felt horrible because, you know, maybe I should have, sent out one more email saying, hey, thanks for hiring us. This is the package you've chosen. I want you to be aware that it doesn't come with a highlight. So while we were there, we did shoot B-roll. We did shoot some extra stuff of their reception and ceremony Mm -hmm. and the after party they had in case they came back and said this kind of stuff. We always do that in case they want to upgrade their package. Okay. So to speak. Um, We always shoot extra stuff. But for me, it was just kind of like that stressful point where they thought they should have gotten that, extra highlight and they didn't. So we went back and forth a little bit and, you know, we worked something out where I'm going to give them a highlight and they're going to pay some for it, but it's cheaper than it normally would have been. Kind of thing. It was just a compromise. And for me, it's about to end those stressful moments it's for me about being transparent, being completely honest, you know, what, sure. if it's my fault, just owning up to it.
0: Sure. And I think part of it's a learning experience. Part of it is being confident enough to know that you really laid it out exactly in a clear way to them. And then you just would say to them, well, you know what? Uh, that's the, actually not part of the contract that we arranged with each other. But if you do want that extra, then we can we can talk about that. And it sounds like that's pretty much what you did anyway.
1: Yeah. And I mean, so, every, every situation is different. That's how that one got sure, handled. Sure. I have another one where... She wants a longer video. Normally, our highlight videos, our same-day edits, are the length of one song. Okay. Well, she opted out of the same-day edit, but she still wants the highlight, and we edited it and sent it to her, and she wants another song edit in there, so it makes the video twice as long. Oh. And it's not what we were contracted for, so it's a tough situation. I could say, no, this is what you get. Deal with it. But, I mean— it's my client. You know, I want them to be happy. Mm -hmm. It's their wedding day. I want them to look back on their wedding day and be happy about the video. And I don't want them every time they look at that video to think, Oh, well remember this video that the videographer gave us and he wouldn't make any changes for us. So we don't like him. I'd much (laughs) rather them look back on their wedding video and be like, remember all the extra trouble that our videographer went through for us to give us something that we like. Right. So I, I would much rather make them happy and build up a better legacy for myself than, to just do what I'm contracted for.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, I, I can see that for sure, Matt. Well, I know technology has changed a lot in the last few, I mean, even in a couple of years, it can change fast. Tell us what some of the changes are that you've seen since the time when you first knew you were passionate about video.
1: Um, I started out using traditional cameras, like the, the big bodies with the tapes that you put in there. Right. Um not like the VHS tapes but like the mini tapes. Mm-hmm. I started out on that and switched over to DSLR and I mean I've just kind of seen everything get more compact and affordable mm-hmm. which is letting more people into the industry which is great and I believe if you have a passion about video then start out with whatever you have. You know if all you have is your iPhone and you want to be a videographer then start making videos with your iPhone. Sure. You know. But seeing like you said the transition of video and how Quickly, it's coming. And I feel like every year that goes by, the technology starts advancing even faster. And I just saw a video the other day. We do 360 degree videography too. Mm -hmm. You know, the kind of stuff where you can like look at it on your phone and turn and choose your own angle and that kind of stuff. Right. We started doing that. And I bought the cameras, there's two cameras back to back that you have to go in and stitch together. I bought those back in like March. And then like yesterday, My brother sent me a link to this video called a Luna. I think it's called a Luna camera. And it's one little sphere with two cameras built into it that auto stitches everything for you. Wow. And it's just seeing how far we've come from March. And even last year when they were doing that kind of stuff, the 360 degree video camera. It's And today still it's done with like seven and eight and 12 GoPro cameras stitched together like on this rig. But to see that they've consolidated it down into this little six centimeter ball that fits in the palm of your hand that can record 360 degree seamless video. I mean, I love to see that kind of innovation coming so quickly.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. It really is. Matt, I've worked in bullying prevention for quite a while, and I've seen how mindfulness can really make a big difference in some of these situations, whether as adults or children. Do you have a story about bullying you could share with us?
1: Uh, Yeah, I've got a quick story that I want to, you know, let you in on from my childhood. Uh Um, I was friends with this kid in high school, in middle school, probably sixth, seventh grade, somewhere around there. And there was this one day there was this bully at school who kept messing with him. And eventually the bully just came up to him and sucker punched him from behind, hit him in the temple, knocked him down, busted a blood vessel and everything. It was really bad. Me and one of my other friends that were there had to go to the principal's office and sit there for what felt like forever. its was probably about two or three hours and write down every detail and every time that this bully has ever messed with this kid and just write it out, excruciating detail so they would know the entire story. Long story short, the bully ended up getting expelled. You know, and everything that happened, there was a point in time where I almost got into a fist fight with that bully as well. He just wasn't a nice guy wow. like most bullies. And, you know, it kind of translates I kind of wonder if it's affected me in my business, you know, seeing that bullying happen when I was a kid to that severity where the kid ended up getting beat up. You know, I started, I tried to start my podcast last year and I had the name picked out, the logo picked out, the website was almost finished being built. I was about ready to start interviewing people. And I went on Google and I was like, you know, just for kicks and giggles, I'm going to look up my business name and see if I'm ranking with a podcast that hasn't even launched yet. And I typed it in and the first website to come up wasn't me. But it was a name that was so similar to mine. It was one word off. and Yeah, it kind of put me in this place where I saw it, and I was like, no, that can't be right. And I clicked it, and I went through their Facebook and their Instagram. And the thing about it was they weren't very active. I mean, their last post was from, like, 2012, and this was the end of last year, 2015. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I sat there and just pondered about it for a bit, and I reached out to my friend Omar from the $100 NBA show, Mm -hmm. got some advice from him and, you know, he said, if you, if you, if they're out there just to avoid any future complications, I would change your name. And that got me in this point where it's like, why didn't I look up this before I even started doing stuff? I had wasted like two months getting all the, to the point where I was and I just had to trash everything. So... I kind of sat there and from time to time, I would go back and just look at the website and hoping that they had like magically taken it down and didn't exist anymore or something and it never happened. And I sat there for probably four or five months and didn't do anything with the podcast. The website was there, the logo, the Facebook page was built, but I didn't do anything with it because I felt like a failure. I felt like, you know, how could I let something so simple go under the radar and it ruined the progress I had made? So it pushed me back from launching in December of 2015 to July of 2016 because I wouldn't just take the action. You know, when Omar told me, hey, you know, to avoid any future complications, I would get rid of it. I should have gone the next week, come up with a new name and started on the logo. But instead, I just dwelt on that failure and sat there in it and, you know, months went by before I even – started it back up again.
0: Right. Almost as if you were bullying yourself, you were kind of putting yourself down and you just literally stopped yourself in
1: your own tracks. Exactly. It's like, I, and the, the thing is, I didn't even realize that that's what I did until I was listening to one of your past podcast episodes. It was a couple episodes back that, um, I was listening to and the guy on there was talking about self-bullying yeah. as an adult. And it got me thinking, was like, is that what I did whenever I was trying to launch a podcast? And, since I didn't realize it, what am I doing right now? That's doing that. You know,
0: it's a good question for us to ask in our own businesses. It's a good question for me to ask, you know, because we all, we're all on this journey. We're all trying to move forward. And there are every once in a while things that hold us back. And we have to ask that question, don't
1: we? Oh yeah. And I think everybody out there, it's like, even as an adult, you can self bully. And what are you doing out there right now? That's causing you, holding yourself back you know, like I am, like I was doing. So yeah.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, do you ever do any journaling or just writing, keeping note of where you're headed, writing down your goals, that kind of thing?
1: Um, I try to journal as much as possible. I do, you know, hit patches where I don't. And I started a, the freedom journal. Yes. I know you've probably heard of that from John Lee Dumas. Yeah. I started one of those a while back and I got to like day 45 and Honestly, it's probably back to that self-bullying. I got to that point where it's like, there's no way I'm going to reach this goal. Like the goal I'd set was so large that it kind of got me down. So after a few days after I realized that of journaling and not seeing any results and not even acting on the fact that I didn't see any results, I kind of stopped. So I got to like day 45 and didn't even go any further out of the 100 day journal. So I actually recently just went out and bought another 100 day journal and I'm going to start it over. And, you know, be more specific and smart about my goal setting with this one.
0: Well, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm just wondering, did you have an accountability partner with that
1: project? Um, my fiance had one as well. Uh, John and Kate gave us one when we were on the cruise last year mm-hmm. um, to shoot the podcast Paradise Cruise. They gave us a couple of them and we started it together. You know, we each had the same goal, a similar goal with my business so we could get to a certain amount of income and right, like 30 days into it she got a promotion at her job okay and the focus was kind of shifted from you know let's see how much money we can make with the business to she was having to learn a new position at work so i mean the focus was kind of shifted on her end which i think kind of made me feel like a failure because i couldn't pick up the slack
0: right i see yeah yeah well, Matt, I just finished John Lee Dumas's Freedom Journal myself, and I'm really excited how I achieved a goal that seemed almost unreachable at first. I have to say, I'd recommend the Freedom Journal to anybody. And Matt, I look forward to hearing your progress as you move forward with this and have more success.
1: Oh, yeah. And I, I should have just shifted my goal back the last time I did it instead of just completely dropping it. But I wasn't you know, self-aware enough at that point to realize what was going on. I just dropped it.
0: Sure, sure. Uh, A lot of the people that I talk to have some form of meditation in their life. Do you have any? And if so, what form does it take?
1: Meditation for me is kind of like running. Mm -hmm. I love doing it and I feel great when I get done. I feel energized and pumped up, but I don't do it nearly as much as I should. So I, I love using the Headspace app. And Mm -hmm. even on its free trial, it's great. I know you've probably heard that a good bit on your podcast. Yeah, I have. Yeah, and because for me, I don't do it as much as I should. I don't feel like, you know, I should be paying a lot of money for apps and different stuff like that. And I'm not as experienced to do it on my own. So having that Headspace app with that free trial period, you know, that kind of helps me get energized. But it's something that I have to be aware enough to be consistent with. You know, I can't just not do it for a day because then I fall out of line with it.
0: Right. So when you run, you feel like that's meditation. So how long do you run for usually when you do get out there?
1: For me, it, it depends. Um, I, I build up on my running. So I'll start off with like a mile. Yesterday I ran a mile and I'm hoping to be able to do it again today. And you know, before it's all said and done, I want to be back to where I was a couple of years ago where I can run four and five miles. And when I get done, instead of feeling, wasted and just like I want to lay on the floor and collapse, I'll feel energized where it's like, you know, I run four miles and I feel great and I feel like I can conquer the world. So I'm working on getting back up to that point.
0: Right. Yeah. And it just takes little steps. That's the thing, doesn't it?
1: Oh, yeah. Definitely yeah. Baby steps at first. And right now what I do is I'll get out there and run, especially if I'm frustrated with something in my business. I'll go run until I can't run any further, just right. in one direction. Mm-hmm. And then... I have to turn around and walk back because if I'm physically too tired to run back, I have to walk all the way back. And that gives me that time to whether it's listen to a podcast or a book or something. It gives me that time to just be with myself and not stress about my business because, you know, I'm a mile or two away from home. I can't work on my business.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting thing to do. I hadn't heard of that one before.
1: (laughs) It forces me to detach a little bit.
0: Right. I like that. Matt, my next questions are part of the multi-mode round. Just short 30-second answers are perfect. Here's the first one. Who's one person who has influenced your mindfulness practice?
1: John Lee Dumas. Um, I know that's probably a stereotypical answer, but I became friends with him and Kate over the course of the past year. And I love getting to talk with him and hang out with him every time I see him. So you know, just keeping up with him and seeing how he's doing everything It just helps with my mindfulness, honestly.
0: How has mindfulness affected your emotions?
1: It's helped me connect better with people. If I'm mindful and thoughtful at the same time, I can be listening to someone, taking in what they're saying and reacting accordingly as opposed to snapping at somebody because I'm stressed out or something. I can be in that moment with that person.
0: Sure. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness practice.
1: I do breathing regularly whenever I'm trying to be mindful, whether I'm stressed out at my desk, I'll just stop and count to 10 or 20 and just focus on my breathing, just focus on that and nothing else.
0: So if you could recommend a book on mindfulness, what would that be?
1: I recommend How to Win Friends and Influence People to just about everybody. Mm -hmm. It's a very popular book. I'm sure you've heard of it, but Mm -hmm. it teaches me the small things such as smiling. That's so simple, but it can change your entire life. And remembering somebody's name, because the sweetest sound to somebody is their name. So remembering their name and using it when you address them can just make them smile, and it just makes everybody happier. So being mindful about the small things like that.
0: Well, I know you mentioned Headspace, but do you have any other apps that you would recommend that are kind of related to mindfulness?
1: You know, I've been looking at Muse, the headband that you wear, Whenever you meditate, I've been looking at that. And once I get into meditating a little bit more, I'll probably look at to getting something like that um, to kind of be able to read the analytics on my meditation.
0: Yeah, I think that's a fascinating product. I actually ordered it and I'm really excited to receive it, hopefully quite soon. Oh, cool. So, yeah. So what advice would you give a person who's new to the idea of mindfulness and they'd like to start using it in their life?
1: I would say become self-aware of whenever you're not mindful. If you're talking to somebody and you forget their name before they're even done saying their sentence or when they're talking and you're trying to think of a story that you can tell them that one ups their story, you're not being mindful and completely in that conversation with that person. You're just trying to be trying to one up their story with another good story. So being self-aware enough to realize when you're not being mindful.
0: Yeah, that's good advice for sure. Matt, how can Mindful Tribe connect with you, learn more about what you do and maybe arrange with you if, if there's a conference coming up or or a wedding or something?
1: Yeah. Um, if you want to look at some of my videos, I just redid my website. So I'm constantly adding stuff to it for my video production. You can go over to repeatvideos.com. And if you want to listen to the podcast and hear about some of the guests I've had on there, and there's honestly a more in-depth about page on findingcreativesuccess.com. You can head over there and listen to the podcasts and connect with me there.
0: Oh, and we want to make sure that we tell our listeners how to spell repeat videos. Would you well, tell them that?
1: The the name of my company is Repeat Productions. It's R-E-P-E-E-T, because my last name is Pete, P-E-E-T. But if they type in repeat videos and spell it either way, R-E-P-E-E-T or P-E-A-T, it'll take you straight to my site. I have both of those redirected to my site.
0: Okay, that's great to know. Well, it has really been excellent spending this time talking with you. I've enjoyed it tremendously. Thanks for being on the show, Matt.
1: Of course, I had a great time, Bruce. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, okay, bye now. Bye.